Welcome listeners to Five Questions, a critical mass for the visual arts podcast in which we ask five questions of our interviewees aimed at positioning and contextualizing their respective bodies of work within the St. Louis art world. This time we're talking with Marina May and Nick Schleicher of the Cool Whip podcast. So Cool Whip was established in 2018 as an earnest pipe dream asking, quote, what if we started a podcast that blended art with humor and documentary storytelling? Over the past three seasons, the show has spread globally and included conversations with art world luminaries ranging from collecting work to discussions of rodeos, abstraction, to the intricacies of high school wrestling in Germany. Cool Whip is about sharing honest conversations in real time and expands beyond the traditional boundaries of the art world into what it means to create, practice, and connect with others. Today we're chatting with Marina May and Nick Schleicher, who are two of the co-hosts of Cool Whip. Marina is a writer, gallery director, and as she says, semi-professional talker based in St. Louis who got her degree in art history and anthropology from WashU and then became a curatorial assistant at The Contemporary. From there, she co-founded the editorial platform Silverspace in 2017 and then started Cool Whip within the next year. She currently lives in the city where she is a private gallery director and member of Monaco USA. Nick Schleicher is a artist whose work ranges from color field abstractions to sculptural forms inspired by domestic display. He received his BFA from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago in 2011, where he focused on painting and sculpture. Nick is also a member of Monaco USA. Recent solo exhibitions include Monaco St. Louis, Greece 3 St. Louis, and Plaque at GCAD. Selected group exhibitions at Julius Caesar Chicago, Illinois, The Luminary in St. Louis, Apuni Space in Honolulu, and Schleicher's work has been featured in New American Paintings Midwest, Soft Quarterly, The Pinch, and Under the Bridge, among others. Um, but Nick and Marina, thank you guys for joining us. We Thanks for having it. us. Hi. Yeah. So this is going to be like uh, podcast inception, everybody. Prepare yourselves. Mm-hmm. Right, um, Podcast, where we talk to podcasters about podcasting. <laughs> That's right. Subscribe. <laughs> like, like and subscribe. Please, please like us. <laughs> please like us. Please like and subscribe. Rate us five stars. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're going to both rate each other five stars after this. Well, um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe. Right. We'll see how you guys do. <laughs> um, well, so uh, our first question that we always ask is just why art? What drives you to create? And I know that y'all are both like have many projects and many hats that you wear. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you guys figure out how to answer that. Well, Marina started the Silver Space first, Mm -hmm. um, and it was all written. Yeah, so, I mean, generally speaking, I thought, I'm not an artist, I'm not a visual artist per per se, Um, but I've always been involved in the arts, and I think it's because I'm like like a masochist with no boundaries (laughs) and so i every but in the most serious way possible the every important thing i have in my life or that i've learned has been through art and whether that's you know starting silver space and being able to write and think about works or you know like working at the contemporary which was like really really challenging or you know doing stuff with monaco which is like an entire whole other way of thinking and moving through the world it's just being 
in kind of like the presence in the community of the arts. That's something that I've always found to be really comforting and also has expanded the way that I look at the world. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like my relationship to the arts community or like why art right now, Nick? I mean, I my dad was an artist and then I decided I wanted to be an artist. And I'm kind of a person when I find out about something, I try to like mm-hmm. really research and deep dive the heck out of it. And so anytime I would see a new artist or find out about a new artist, especially contemporary working artists, I would look up YouTube interviews or I would look up if there were podcasts at the time talking or like any kind of like an interview, like I would yeah. buy the books and then just like skip to the interview section because I would want to hear them talk about their work right. in their words, not necessarily like an artist statement or anything like that. Yeah. And so uh, I had known Marina for a long time because she interviewed me for Silver Space back in the day because I had a show at uh, Grease 3. We're going to bring up Grease 3 anytime possible. It's It wouldn't be a <laughs> podcast episode of any sort without us mentioning Grease 3. So Gotta we'll, talk about Grease 3. Right, we'll add a tag in the... Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so she interviewed me for that and we stayed friends and she brought up the idea of doing uh, like a podcast version of the Silver Space interviews. Oh, yeah. And me being really invested in podcasts at the time and also researching these things and wanting to know more about this stuff, I felt like maybe I would help out because I wanted it to happen. And if you want it to happen, you might as well make it happen. Yeah. Um, Because there weren't a whole lot besides you guys. At the time, there wasn't any other podcast in St. Louis talking to people here we had access to. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still, besides us, like there's still, there's what, maybe like a couple more that are regional. Yeah. 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 Well, and that was part of the reason, too, why I started Silver Space. It was, like, there there were all these incredible shows happening, and I had lived in St. Louis my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have access to that. And I was interested in art. I was, like, the prime demographic, and I had no clue yeah. what was going on. <laughs> right. So I was like, okay, so, like, if it's this difficult for me to find out what's happening... Yeah then let's make it way easier for somebody else. To, sure, yeah. yeah. I, I especially, I, we would argue at the beginning about how long the podcast was going to be. She wanted to be like under an hour and I wanted it to be like two or three hours. Because I just wanted to talk and talk and talk and yeah. like get on subjects that they wouldn't talk about to build a better background for this person and why they make the work. And that way when you go see the show, you can be like, oh, now I see why they're referencing this because they talked about it or they read this as a kid or, you know, sure. they're interested in this. Yeah. Um, right. And that's always the, the, the things that, like, kind of color the, the experience a lot more for me. So I wanted to kind of look at that. Right. And then to piggyback off of that, too, so I there's kind of this conversation right now that's happening where the degree of separation between maker and like work people are kind of like well i don't know how much the work is like informed by who the person is and like honestly it's hard for me to believe that there is a separation Mm -hmm. (laughs) because when we get to talk to artists because of the work that they make or you know we're familiar with the work that they make being able to be in conversation with them at a length at such a length is like everything clicks everything makes sense their work then kind of like becomes this like manifestation of all the experiences and the things that they're interested in and, yeah. and all of that you know right. so that's really cool yeah short answer we're curious people yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so do you think that's something that people say like just so someone will stop talking to them and look at their work sometimes where people are like 
oh, this isn't about my life. This is just, you know, something different. Because I've, I've been in situations like that, too, where yeah. someone will be, just be like, oh, I don't know. Why don't, why don't see what you think? And then mm-hmm. the, the artist will, like, disappear. I sometimes <laughs> think, being an artist, I think that sometimes it's just a way to find out more about your work. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Like, to see if it's it's pulling up things that maybe I didn't think about. You oh, know? sure. Because like, I'll right. do a painting, and I'll be like, what do you think of this? And I'm often referencing something, but mine are pretty abstract, so they're not right. out there. And people look at it, and then they'll tell me something else. And it's just more interesting for me to do that. I hope it's not just because they don't want to <laughs> check out. Uh, but that's the other thing is, like, a lot of times you don't get even that opportunity at, like, an opening to ask the artist that. And oh, yeah. that was, like, what really made me want to do this is we would have such good conversations at openings uh, with artists, and it would never even be about their work. It mm-hmm. would just be about, like, what they're up to that weekend or where they were. And it's like, I was just at your show, and I didn't ask you anything about your work. So now it's kind of cool that we can – have one-on-one time with them and I can ask those questions as a fan but also other people can hear yeah. the answers and and it's like you were saying you can build in the rest of their life that informs their work that mm-hmm. I always talk about it's like it <clears throat> I don't know about you but <laughs> <laughs> I will really kind of like analyze mm-hmm. and so I get and that's my first instinct when I like interact with the work is I'll be in conversation with an artist and like be super analytical about their work yeah. and kind of give my like my take on it and that's something really that I don't think that people get to see or like be around very often in an opening because a lot of times it's like for lack of a better word like kind of political or like mm-hmm. hi like how you doing small talk stuff and yeah. then yeah you're also like at any moment going to be pulled away or someone will interrupt so you never really get to get that deep right uh, and then oh, sorry dude. <laughs> honey buddies joined the podcast <laughs> right sorry, when i went to put my elbow it. down i elbowed her in the head i'm so She's sorry honey analysis. No, oh my god <laughs> honey buddy's like four months and he's dead <laughs> so. oh no <laughs> that was so funny nick does this hilarious noise when he like talks to animals or children and will you do it it's a oh i don't remember you'd have to just like not he ask. just does don't it. put me it's on the like, spot it's like reflexive <laughs> in this weird like cat yes that one. <laughs> oh, anybody. <laughs> it's almost like a pigeon call yes oh my gosh no it's so yes it's this one it's that one with like the voice like tremor <laughs> It works on kids and animals. So okay, you good to know. She she seems very chill at this point. She's, yeah, yeah. It's because you did the pigeon call. That's right. Room. She's at ease. So we we've gotten into this a little bit already, but uh, the second question is usually the question where it's like, what of your work would be in like a suburban basement? And because we're doing podcasts, probably all of it, right? All of it, it's, yeah. probably. But like the, I changed it a little bit just to make it about so like. With the medium that you're using, whether that's like the online space, like the publication space, mm-hmm. podcast, whatever, what do you feel like our particular responsibilities are as like, I don't know, what would you even call it? Like media people? people. Media yeah. people. Right. Person, I, uh, on my um, email signature, it says semi-pro talker. <laughs> So, like, that's what I use. Um, No, but I think to answer your question, I would literally hope that every single episode is on in a suburban basement Mm -hmm. or, like, any kind of basement 
right. no matter where you live, as long as it's not because they're right hoarding now. it to listen to later, or because they never want to listen to it again. No, because they can listen to it in a suburban basement. <laughs> because you can listen it's, to it it's anywhere. It's on a database somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think like maybe the the to to answer the other part, um, the the role of us, I feel like, is to inform and not right. be like this all-knowing power and right. just like be really open i feel like a lot of times like fortunately i don't know a lot so i'm and i'm okay to ask those questions but i think even when we're talking to artists it's best to not be like oh we already know and we can have this conversation with each other at a higher level it's like no you got to really break it down and like make it approachable to anybody even if you're not an artist or if you have nothing like no idea about that person go to the very basics and kind of work your way up yeah. i'm not saying like assume your audience is stupid or anything like that but if someone brings something up ask what that is instead right. of just keep rolling with it because then you're going to lose people if you yeah. don't kind of sidestep and, and no, just I, kind of educate and inform i totally identify with that because it's like our position is that we can we can invite people in yeah because mm -hmm. it's like you're saying there's so much art world stuff oh yeah the jargon that it well and it's also like I mean, if you're not someone who is actively engaged in art all the time, but you still like art and right. you just, you know, you just want to go to a museum or gallery or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like super intimidating. Right. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. it's ridiculously intimidating. And I think that if you're thinking about moments in an episode or episodes that I would like shove in a basement, Probably it wouldn't be, with <laughs> <laughs> we can say that because we love him. Yeah, no, um, I'm just kidding. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I would say the most cringe like moments for me are moments where I feel like I'm posturing in an interview. You know what I mean? And like, I think that that goes back to our role too, is there's something about, and maybe it's just, like, my PTSD from being in, like, museum settings. But, like, there is something about art speak that's just in art speak and, like, art jargon. There's a very particular way. There's a set of words that people use. And there are, like, hot art world words. And people just – that becomes this little, like, echo chamber mm -hmm. of stuff that is really hard to, like – care about unless you <laughs> no I'm serious you're, no it's true unless you're like actively like involved in yeah. the art world unless you're mm -hmm. writing your dissertation or something right like, it's, you... it's like three people talking to a group of three other people and everyone else just has to witness it yeah yeah very true but I never know like another thing like the, the basement part like we did an episode right when quarantine started that like probably no one will listen to ever again just because it's her and I kind of letting people know that we're back and I'm always like, this is like the weird double-sided sort of the intros for us is like, we do intros, just Maureen and I, where we kind of talk about what's happening, what's coming up. And yeah. if someone listens to the podcast in like a month or two months or even a year later, like that's irrelevant information at that point. So I never know if how deep into that we should go or not, but they're fun to do. Yeah. And, it's and they kind of like, it's, it's, it's a way to kind of like, I don't know how to say it, like to cement the events that happened and kind mm -hmm. of like people can go back and be like oh at this time these openings were all happening at once oh, oh i remember yeah. that time it's like an archive yeah, and it's yeah. a nice context to like figure out who was showing at what time and just kind of keep that record mm -hmm. of what happened yeah you know and i mean i think podcasts i mean like our format is not like this but yours yeah. your all's is where it's nice to just have some update from the hosts 
just like as people because yeah. that's like why you tune into it because yeah. you kind of like these people and you want to listen yeah to at first i never knew if if we should even put our personalities in there because at the end of the day for me i was always thinking people were listening to the podcast to listen to that artist mm -hmm. but andy our producer andy alton was kind of reinforcing to us that no people will listen for you and so put your personality in there mm -hmm. and so it took us some time to kind of really bring our personalities into the podcast and i think now we do and i'm not too concerned about doing that yeah um, because at the end of the day too we're also trying to build the audience for the artists we're talking to and so if someone listens to the podcast because they like us or what we do mm -hmm. they'll be more open to listen to a podcast with someone who they've never heard of before yeah right. and that's always a benefit for us is to like give these people a platform and build their audience for sure yeah and there when i first started silver space i was super young and I really wanted access to yeah. people. So I was anonymous <laughs> for me and my friend, Sarah Duval, uh, who started it. And we didn't tell people who we were. My name wasn't on anything. It was very like, like, I just want you to see this work. And now, you know, it's, it's a little bit different. But I do like being able to, I'm a very... Um, an open book kind of person and there's not a whole ton of filter between like me who I am and like me in the world and the podcast is very true to that and genuine and yeah. I think that it's the same for Nick as well and because I think we're able to come as who we are the artists feel comfortable and the people that we talk to yeah. feel comfortable being able to like come as they are as yeah. well which is really cool and it's funny to be out in public and have somebody be like, I've heard your voice before. <laughs> and they only do that to you, though. Well, I've never gotten that. <laughs> Maybe people just feel more comfortable telling you In me fact, that. they've ignored me and looked at you and said, <laughs> I know your voice. And they kind of pushed me to the side. And you go cry in a corner. Oh. No, it's okay. Uh, no, I, they, they're probably just more comfortable coming up to me because I'm shorter. And you're taller, you know. It, yeah, and you can a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like a weird uh, medium in general for that reason. So I heard what you were saying a little bit and um, kind of reading a little into the the museum PTSD, which a lot of oh, people yeah. have talked about. Oh, yeah. So the next question is, what do you want for St. Louis and its people or its institutions? We'll add that on there because... We want more collectors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More, more people, people that support, support work support the, the being part of monaco it's like we want more people to kind of support and buy work so that yeah. we don't have to send it back to, to the people and, and we can help out that way but what what are y'all up to now how many people are part of monaco now uh we're at four right now four. We, yeah we've kind of been resetting and um we're gonna expand but we're figuring out some stuff and four is a pretty good number mm -hmm. um, yeah it's it makes getting things done so much easier yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't speak to when it was twelve originally, but uh, four is 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 pretty good right now. That seems like I mean, hats off to them. Well, I mean, that is going to piggyback on to what I'm about to say. Largely, I think that to piggyback off of Kunsta's episode as well, mm -hmm. more spaces that are accessible for artists to show in that would be great. But also, I do have. I have a little bit of a, like a, yes, DIY spaces are great, but I do have a, kind of a funding beef. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I get really upset thinking about the spaces that have closed. Mm -hmm. And there are people that love the spaces, but there has to be 
accountability between the private interests and that kind of funding that actually goes into supporting these spaces and also just like general support showing up for things like we have a really good community for the most part but I think that all of the interests are really segmented Mm -hmm. so having just like a more cohesive audience base of people who go to everything making that art and seeing art and making that part of the community kind of like Kansas City does where just like the whole Mm -hmm. Friday the their first Friday is like every single person in the city goes out and participates you know and like that's something that's where I think that we kind of come in where Mm -hmm. making that accessible is really important but I think the other piece is definitely like funding Mm -hmm. better like development yeah but that's also just like I don't know there are like a lot of grassroots ways to support things and I don't know it's it's tough it's tricky but we have something with all that being said we have something really incredible in St. Louis as far as the artists that are practicing here um, the institutions that are here, yeah. the artists who show here from not here. And we, you know, we recently brought in our friends, the latent space to Monaco and they're a gallery based in Chicago. And the person who runs that gallery was like, Oh my God, like I had no idea mm-hmm. that this community yeah. was here. And I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's That's like universally what I hear when I go to places. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, I think less um, kind of boundaries and uh, everybody coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. Not even in St. Louis, like you said, even the Midwest, you know. Oh, yeah. We don't have to be rivals with Chicago and Kansas City. We no. can kind of be friends. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and that's like, I've had people ask me, what's the St. Louis art scene like? And I'm like, if you want to get in and just like immediately be connected to everyone, like all the artists within a year. Oh, yes. Like just because there's not that many people here right mm-hmm. like just, right <laughs> just show up and be like reasonably friendly and you'll probably be okay yeah go right. to camp and make friends and then your friends will introduce you to yeah. other people and that's how you kind of that's how i did it when i moved back i mean mm-hmm. i went to school in chicago and when i came back i didn't really know a lot of people so i would just go to openings at cam and i would meet artists and then they would introduce me to other artists and then it just kind of builds from there yeah yeah plus it's like a it's like a party you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you go to, like, GCAD and RAP the swing, but, like, you would literally, like, swing on a big swing with people. You know yeah. what I mean? And, like, that's... Yeah, don't be afraid to drive to GCAD. It's not that far away. No. It's, like, everyone's like, oh, go to go across the river to Illinois. It's, like, it's 15 minutes to get to GCAD, it and is. it's the most fun you'll have. It's I also like place. driving over there, just, like, a sidebar, go to Granite City Art and Design District, because it feels like you're running away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you cross the river, and you're, like... I'm going somewhere. Yeah. And there's so much potential out there. GCAD's yeah. really a great spot. Yeah. Yeah. And they've got like, I mean, so, God, I'm trying to remember the last time I went there. We did an event there, Critical Mass did, and it was, uh, it was just in one of those like buildings where the, the whole thing hasn't been renovated. He's got like one room yeah. set oh, yeah, up yeah, yeah. and you're like yeah. sitting there and he's like, don't go upstairs. And yeah. like the smoke <laughs> alarm's going off the whole time, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> which is, which is like a good, it's a good art scene vibe. Yeah. Right? It's cool you know? to just see how it evolves and how different artists use different spaces. And now yeah. they've kind of gotten to the point where they have like a white wall gallery and they have like a garden gallery and they have like a demoed building gallery and they've got like really it all covered. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We, um, 
Brent and I, and I think somebody else on our board, we sat down one time and we like tried to figure out all the places that had gone under, like all the alt spaces that had gone under. And yeah. it's, it's bad. Like we had, so one of the first people we interviewed, um, I'm trying to remember, we had Jessica Barron, of course. Right. And we were like trying to ask her about um, her space that became, that, you know, went under and then floodplain. Right. Mm-hmm. And all of that. And it's, it's like just having that chronicle of like somewhere there's a recording of people talking about those things mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like is great. But I mean, I really wish we could get some of our top level institutions to like actively try to preserve those things. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that, that would be, be awesome? Like, that would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Spaces like even, you know, we'll use Monaco as an example, but if we had funding, it wouldn't be on us, the members to pay the rent, to oh, yeah. pay, you know, to do everything for the shows. Yeah. If we had some sort of support. It would be, and like, Monaco has almost gone away a couple times, and it would be the worst thing. Like, mm-hmm. for me, it's like, yeah. before I was in it, it was my favorite gallery, and to think of, like, just another space going down because it's hard for, like, the people doing all the work to continue to do it, or, like, you know, they get distracted with other things. Yeah, right. Um, right. And that's the the story with every one of these spaces. It's, like, maybe two years is when the people running it hit their max, and then they either shut it down or somebody else takes over right <laughs> yep so the next question was just going to be uh what are your priorities as arts advocates and artists but i feel like you guys have kind of already answered that. yeah go oh, yeah. go see shows go on days <laughs> when it's not you know when there's just gallery hours just go see art and go talk to people yeah. it's you'll you'll really have a great time yeah and also a really easy way so now that i'm just thinking about this this <clears throat> is a really easy way to show support that actually does do something and does work. Give them money. Yeah, give them money. <laughs> buy things. No, for sure. Definitely buy things. But if you can't buy things, like, share works to your stories. Mm-hmm. Like, really. Yeah. And that, tag the person. And tag the person. Like, so if you go to a show, go. I know it's yeah. so lame, but, like, if you go to a show and you take photos, like, literally post oh, them. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, that's so, that's, like, the easiest, cheapest way you can be, like, I love this person's work. Mm-hmm. And, like, you don't know that's like the beautiful thing about like social media (laughs) is like you don't know who else is looking at that stuff Mm -hmm, and like that's i don't know that's a really nice way to show that you support people and rate and review rate review subscribe like share tell your friends with attribution right (laughs) i was i was uh i don't remember where i must have been on instagram there's do you guys know cat kissick she's like an illustrator Mm -mm. Mm -mm. she does all kinds of stuff but um she's been in these protracted battles where someone like got something she drew and just like straight up took it and printed a t-shirt and oh. it's oh, it, yeah. it's like in you know west coast or something so she's yeah. like dealing with that yeah and how hard would it have been to be like can i buy 25 t-shirts from you mm-hmm. right like, right <laughs> and it's and that's silly because you're you're really just ripping off you're people. stealing yeah like you're really just stealing i'm a big fan of bootlegging but i only oh, yeah. bootleg big things like the simpsons you know don't right. oh yeah don't make bootleg sure, make, sure the person can, make sure the person can afford it before you bootleg yes it. right <laughs> we're we're we actually um we we have bootlegged the indie um food brand of uh cool whip oh uh, yeah. right true right yeah. well you guys do you guys know okay so this is an art buzzword you guys know okay. detournement have you ever heard that before mm-hmm. not it's like you right take now. a piece of art it's like if you buy something like you buy a painting at a uh, thrift sh- a thrift shop and you paint on it mm-hmm. okay that's what it is oh okay. so i feel like that's what you guys yeah. did i feel like this is an artist yeah. action 
Oh, is yes. it just you know like yeah plus every so often we get cool recipes on Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah it's the summertime it's the best people time people will tag for that. us in their recipes that's amazing i get a lot of like desserts and like american flag cakes fourth sure. of july is like a big time for cool whip underscore mm-hmm. official okay we should start um, reposting those people would appreciate that we should sometimes i'll great. respond mm. <laughs> just like total- looks good <laughs> yeah i mean you can have the podcast and also enjoy a summer dessert of course mm-hmm. yeah for sure um, the last question is just what's your what's your end game? You know, either as artists or as arts That's a really good people. Question. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, at first we had all the aspiration to every other week we're going to put out a podcast and we're going to do it by season. And now we're kind of into the third season and we're Which also is amazing. yeah, amazing. And it's thanks yeah. to all the people that have supported us financially. Yeah. But we're also at a point where like that's being spread then, and we're kind of just. We're doing it as we do it, and I feel kind of bad that we're not doing it like every other week because people kind of get used to that. But at the same time, it's it's so hard to do that. Yeah. And so our end game is to continue to make content, but you know, not go away, but also just like not kill ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good. But what's your okay? So you're an artist too. So mm-hmm. like as your mid career. I would, we were like, sorry. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. It's all right. We're all big career. Oh my God. Thanks. No, but like, like you're not like, you're not just graduating from. You're not like someone that nobody knows. Yeah. You're not a spring chicken anymore. Yeah. I mean, my, my end game is to enjoy myself and enjoy what I do and not get burnt out. Yeah. I like that sustainability thing. Like just emotionally sustainable. Mm -hmm. That's key. Right. Yeah. Well, I, for me, I think that I do a whole bunch of different stuff. With the podcast, again, the thing that I love the most in life, just generally speaking, is finding out who someone is. Mm-hmm. So as long as our podcast continues to be genuine and we're enjoying it and our guests are enjoying it, then it's like I will do that forever and ever Mm because it's the easiest thing to do is to hit record in many ways there are a lot of other things that are annoying about it like figuring out where funding is going to come from and promoting stuff and you know whatever but as long as I can be engaged with it and I'm engaged with who I'm talking to and what I'm talking about and I feel good about that then like that's what I would like to continue Mm -hmm. I think that as it's weird being like a not visual artist, but just like a general person with like a compulsive need to like synthesize and then regurgitate the things <laughs> back into the world. Yeah. I I do hope to continue writing about works because I think that that's something that we're missing a lot now and I used to do that a lot. So I'll maybe be a little bit more accountable and try and continue to do that. But yeah, just continue to be able to document what's going on and archive you're you're a librarian you know <laughs> sure like what's no, important right sure. and like i think creating that record and being able to create connections yeah. i think that that's i think the ultimate end game is end up in the smithsonian <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes or yes, uh yes. interview david letterman i would like to wait <laughs> 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 that would be who would have a bigger beard Talk at that point? I can't you grow a beard. 
You can't grow beard just this. You could. Grow I can only grow a mustache. I can't grow beard. Yeah. So Dave I'll have the longest me. beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear I'll wear a wig beard for it. Yeah, that'd be really cool. No, I, I don't know. To... Yeah, I think just to not burn ourselves out and and provide as much information on up and coming people as possible. Yeah. Um, and established people, mid career people. I have yeah. a question for you. Sure. Okay, if you could interview, <laughs> if you could interview anyone. Who would it be? Anyone. Anyone. Oh, Doesn't have to be yeah. arts related. It could be. Could be alive, could be dead. Oh, that's a really good question. Dream guess. <laughs> I wish I could speak Japanese. Okay. So I could interview my favorite Japanese artist. Okay. Who died 200 years ago. I think that's who I would love to interview. Mm-hmm. Who? Yeah, who is it? <laughs> his name his name's Kuniyoshi. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he he's like you know Hokusai, right? Like the big wave. Yes. Yeah. So yes, he, yes, yes. he's mm-hmm. like a hundred years or so after Hokusai. Okay. So he did like all these really awesome pictures of just everyday people. Oh wow. And he he did all the all the all the genres and everything. But he was also just like a giant weirdo and obsessed with cats. Like I feel like a kinship with him through the ages, you know. That's <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you gotta contact his agent. Yeah, you know? I know. I gotta find out find his people. I don't know how yeah. to Right. It's that lady from Beetlejuice with the tracheotomy, and she's like, my client can't come. She's like on LinkedIn. I have to say. <laughs> also, you got to start Duolingo so you can get... Uh, right. Right. For sure. That. Yeah. That's right. I have, to, I have to be in the subject. Well, you know what? It's uh, You were saying, like, your motivation is to just... Like make connections and get to know people. It's of been course. great getting to know you guys. Yeah. So thanks, for, thanks for showing up. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Five Questions is a program by Critical Mass for the Visual Arts, a nonprofit self-formed visual arts collaborative dedicated to promoting, enhancing, and initiating contemporary visual art in the St. Louis region. You can find our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts on other platforms. You can follow Critical Mass at criticalmassart.org slash five questions or on Twitter at criticalmassstl and Instagram at criticalmassart. You can find Cool Whip on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can follow them at Cool Whip underscore official on instagram you can find marina's work at silverspacestl.com and at marina may underscore west or silverspace underscore stl on instagram you can find nick's work at nickschleicher.com or at nick underscore schleicher on instagram this episode was with marina may nick schleicher and me your host joe colburn it was edited by sarah hammond and produced by brett williams (laughs) 